So we've got Catherine back again. Hurrah! Her phone overheated, so it cut off. So I had, um, so we're in mid-flow talking about resilience. And um, it's really interesting that you say about care workers because I would see, I, I'm also an acupuncturist, so I'd see quite a lot of women that come in who are carers who are really burnt out, like burnt out from looking after um, you know, maybe a loved one, a husband or children, particularly children, actually, children with, you know, difficulties in different ways. And I mean, they love kids, completely love them to death, but they are taking everything out of them. Actually, it's really, I, I've come across it a lot. And I remember one client, now this has got to be about at least 15 years ago, maybe slightly longer, and she was taking care of her husband and had been for the last, um, sorry, this has just come up on my screen. I just have to get rid of it. Had been for the last um, 20 odd years. Sorry. Uh, you know, since he got, he got a heart attack. So he was, um, or a stroke. I can't remember because it, it is quite a while ago, but he wasn't able to move and she cared for him and never considered, she'd have two weeks off every year where he'd go into respite. That was it for the whole 20 years, two weeks off. So not even that long, much, much time. And she was looking forward to her time off. And I, I brought up the subject of a nursing home and she was like, no way, no way. I've cared for him for so long. I'm not putting him to a home. But I am, but she was getting herself, she was going to make herself really ill, but she did. We talked about it and I think I got her to talk to her GP. Again, I didn't know which way to turn and she didn't have any kids. So she actually talked to her GP and he did, her husband did go into her home and she was devastated. I'll never forget, she was really, really upset. And we had to work a lot on that, you know, the guilt of putting him in the home. But, but she was also elated because she was able to go, she was still a young woman. Her husband was quite a bit older than her. Like she could have been in her 60s. And she was able to go meet her friends for coffee, go for a walk, play cards. You know, all the things that she had not done for the last 20 years, which is a lot. You know, that was just, so she would have been a woman in her 40s when this happened to her. So she's a very, you know, a young woman to be in this position. I remember she, yeah. she really stuck in my head, a terribly, terribly nice lady, but felt the guilt she felt was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's funny, I had a session with carers um, just a couple of months ago. Now, these were mums of children with uh, autism and ADHD. And it's interesting because what you said earlier, they're obviously they love their children, but some of them actually didn't like their children very much. And it was really, I suppose, honest of them to have the conversations about how much their lives had changed. And yes, they had that parental responsibility, but it wasn't just the caring and on a day-to-day -day basis of the, the child's um, emotional needs or just looking after them in normal ways. It was fighting the system to get support in school, to get appointments, you know, to make sure that those developmental challenges were, were supported as well. And often, I think carers, even that label, you know, people, moms, dads, the wider family, they don't even consider themselves as carers. They, they take on that role and they do it, often to the detriment of their own health and well-being which until they get that space to sit down and talk about it with peers or with professionals, they really don't understand sometimes the impact that that's had on them. So the more, again, we can raise the awareness around that and coordinate services and support people, the better. And, you know, you're not going to start off a session with those um, individuals and say, 
if you just get up tomorrow morning put a smile on your face the world would be lovely <laughs> some of their stuff is so deep so uh, complex and so challenging but equally if you start to give them the tools and the techniques and the space to really take the small small steps that will create the success for them and they will start to see that it's worth taking that little bit of time out just for themselves as well yeah that's I think I think it's that guilt that they feel because of abandoning their child that they're not doing enough I mean I'm blessed with three healthy children and there are days and I I do honestly love all my kids very much but there are days there where I'd be quite honest I'd flush them down the toilet and get rid of them or you know like I'd sell them on eBay no, I wouldn't really, but you know, they put, and, and that's healthy kids who are doing this. So, you know, you're adding that, you know, I hate labels, ADHD and autism. I hate labels, but you're adding, you know, well, I don't know. There's a, there's a much nicer word to describe those children because they're not, they're just in their own, on their own journey and they're going to be their own person as well. So I think, yeah, it's allowing that to happen, isn't it as well? Yeah, and, and support for everybody. So if the if the right support isn't there for your child or for you as a, a mom or a dad or a teacher or a healthcare professional, it, it's it's multifaceted. It has to wrap around all of that. Mm-hmm. And that's easier said than done. But yeah, guilt is a is such a powerful thing, but such a, a useless thing as well in many ways. But also I think just allowing people to be able to be honest and to again have that courage to ask for help but often society kind of creates that blame and that guilt and people feel that they shouldn't um be able to or they should be able to cope and they shouldn't have to ask for help and that's so wrong I know I agree so what would you say to like these women you know I can think of a couple of my clients now about that guilt feeling you know even when they come to me they feel guilty that they're here with me for that hour and I'm like this is your like wellness hour don't you know guilt has to stay at the door (laughs) I think that conversation that we had that day it was very much embedded in the the kind of mind and body connections so the thoughts that we have about things and you know that feeling of guilt that then can create those behaviors that means you either withdraw you stop doing the things that you love to do or you that vicious circle of then you, you feel that you're isolated then you feel angry then you you know behave in a different way so it's it's helping people to recognize that just because you have a thought it doesn't mean that it's it's, it's you know going to uh, create something that's going to be really negative for you you can still think something let it go but take some sort of a time just to respond and then maybe react in a better way for you and whenever women in those groups start to actually realize that they didn't ask for this role nor did their child ask for this label but if you are in that position where you have to take some uh, steps to look after yourself and look after your child often other people will have the the knowledge and the experience that can support you in that as well so I would just say to take it take a step back to surround yourself with people who are supportive to maybe ignore the voices inside your own head but from other people that are telling you what you should or shouldn't do nobody knows unless you walk that journey yourself you can read the books you can I, I don't know I only know what my lived experience is and what has worked for me but everybody's individual so I think it's given people that space to feel that the decisions that they make for them at the time or right for them at that time and not to overthink it or be worried about it but if you are to certainly just ask for help and talk to somebody help is out there in many ways but there's also a lot of challenges as well listening with waiting times and stuff too 
I know that's must be incredibly frustrating, you know, incredibly frustrating that you have to fight the system to get what you need for your child. You hear them, you hear those like amazing parents on the radio all the time trying to fight the system, trying to get. And, and I know um, one of my clients actually is the relief that her child is going to be in the unit when he goes to secondary school. And I know another child who's not able to get into that unit and now they're panicking because he's starting secondary school and he's not getting the support that he wants in the same school it's really unbelievable actually so there's more yeah more needed and I think when you're out of the system you know when you're removed from it when you I'm not going to say healthy children because that's really not a nice way to say it but when you've got children who are mainstream say you don't you don't think about anything else you, you're just going on your own journey so you don't even consider what's happening yeah and that that's life I mean it's it's like anything isn't it whether there's illness or um a diagnosis of something or financial issues or whatever you can only deal with what you have and and often um it's until you're in a situation that you actually start to empathize and understand why other people are maybe behaving in a certain way or whether their life is a certain way and it's not to be patronizing about it but sometimes just taking that step back yourself and yes celebrating all that you have but also being more aware and looking at where maybe people are struggling a bit either in your own network or in wider society in general and then think right what can you do to play your part and actually supporting and giving back whenever you maybe are in that period of, of privilege or the things are going well for you because nobody knows life is that roller coaster of up and downs and things change and challenge for people all the time I know they do and that's kind of what makes it Good and bad, you know, exciting, you need challenges, but I think it's how you go to them. And you're right, it is what you say in your head and you can change what you say in your head. You don't have to keep running the guilty movie all the time. You can run a different one in your head, but it takes practice to do that. It doesn't just happen overnight. <laughs> it does, it takes practice and support and a, and a network. And I think that's the amazing thing about women there's bad press out there about you know women knocking each other down but my experience is there's so many more women who are there to support each other empower each other have the conversations and if you can link into a network like that it doesn't have to be massive it's just even two or three people in your tribe that can support you it is such um it's just a liberating thing for people and as you said earlier there when you're asked to help you, you love to do that you know if you want to help other people it's in you to do that and often uh, you're maybe just thinking right, what can I do here and when someone reaches out to you to say look I'm really struggling can you help it's the first thing you want to do so that's really good as well no it is it's very true actually it is true but I think it's that um you know, well, I'm, I've got over myself on this one now, but asking for help is incredibly powerful and not showing a weakness. I think that's the power behind asking for help, that you're not a weak person or that you can't do it yourself or all the other stories that you say to yourself in your head when you ask for help, that you're a failure. I'm trying to think of all the ones that people would say to me, you know, that they all the reasons why they wouldn't ask for help. And then, yeah. then they're kind of like that light bulb moment when they go, Oh, yeah, I just yeah. need to, yeah, to Definitely. ask and oh. someone help me. <laughs> and I've really noticed that over since I, I set up the, the, the wellbeing pathway because there are things that I'm really good at and really strong at and other things like starting off on the social media journey, um, some financial stuff, 
uh, knowing where to go for, you know, the, the latest expertise in um, self-assessment for your tax returns. That was new to me, but I knew there were people out there who were good at that. So it was asking and like that, they're really keen to help. But then in turn in the conversations, almost every time they will say there's something that they're struggling with or they don't know the answer to. And you can get back and help that, that person as well. So it will always be a kind of a win win for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I remember um, doing a course and um, something similar to that, like that to ask for help. But, you know, even if you have to pay for it financially, you're helping someone else. And then turn, they help someone else. Do you know what I mean? That if you, because I know uh, quite a lot of women would feel guilty if they had someone in, say, helping clean the house or mm-hmm. if they're working full time and their child, their kids are in childcare, but they need an hour to go shopping, but they rush back, grab the kids, go shopping, you know, like instead of just kind of paying that amazing lady that's minding their children for that mm-hmm. extra hour to give them the time. And it, it's you know it, it helps her and it helps you so I think that's a, like as you say a win-win situation definitely yeah. and and I think it, society has changed I know that you know in years gone by it was all about having it all and that you were successful if you balanced all those balls and everything looked perfect but we know that you, you can't have it all you can have progress but not perfection so it's what point of your life that really means something to you and where you want to let go in in other uh, ways so I think we're getting a wee bit better at that in terms of being able to say look that's going to have to go or I'm not really good at that or I'm struggling a bit with this and can you give me a hand and that's a really refreshing thing I think yeah no I agree with you actually because not all women quite most quite a lot of women do work and it's a preference I never you know it's whatever you're happy doing um and I know when I had my children I worked part-time I had to it was for me it was for me not not for them I needed to work um and so you know I had a childminder when they when they were little and it was good for me and that's why I did it but I know friends of mine who didn't work and that was good for her and that's why she did it so I think you have to make sure that it's good for you at the end of the day that you know and that what's that's what works for you and not worry about what works for someone else exactly exactly yes it's it's our life isn't it and you've only got one so it's trying to live it the best way that you can Absolutely. Yeah. No regrets. You don't want to be 80 and then going, oh, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I do that? So, yeah, it is about no regrets, really. So what would be for like, say, for resilience wise, what would be your tips now to help women keep going, you know, like working towards their goals and aims? I think it's having a plan in place, but also being flexible within that and Uh, There's a great analogy around the uh, oak tree and the willow in terms of the oak being so strong, but yet when the storm comes, it breaks and yet the willow looks weaker, but it's able to bend. So it's having that ability to to be flexible, not to put yourself under so much pressure that you do break. And I suppose in terms of things like self-care, that that is not selfish you do need to take some time out for yourself every day. And that could be tiny things like just going out in nature for five minutes. It could be getting up from the laptop to do a bit of a stretch. It could be just taking a few deep breaths and letting something go. I think sometimes we put pressure on ourselves that it needs to be big, you know, expensive things when it's not. It's all the science and the research will show that it's a small steps that you build into a daily habit that will actually help you to cope with that. And 
I think particularly during the pandemic and after it, where people were, you know, asked to bounce back, you can only do that for a certain amount of time. You need to have that support around you and to not feel guilty, but also to know that sometimes you might just need to change direction, let go of some of the stuff that you can't control anymore and feel that sense of freedom and liberation whenever that actually happens. Yeah, no, I think I 100% agree with you. I really do. Yeah, I think that when you let go of stuff you don't need, it is incredibly liberating. But it's having that that braveness to just do it, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. (laughs) But when you do it, you're like, oh, why didn't I do this before? Definitely. That that feeling. Definitely. Um, So if anybody would like to work with you, Catherine, how can they get in contact with you? Well, my website is thewellbeingpathway.com or people are more than welcome to follow me through Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. I'm on all of those socials and you can sign up for my newsletter on the website and you'll just get updates and bits and pieces of what I'm up to and also see my blogs. I read a lot of poetry too, which I put through Facebook as well, but anybody's more than welcome to connect with me. Perfect. You've been an amazing guest and really insightful. And thank you so much for sharing your story because that's, you know, I think it's it encourages people who are going through it or who may be facing these things that, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And that was totally unexpected, Lucy. I was not planning to, to do that. So I'll have to tell my husband this evening that I, that I did that. <laughs> I if, if, if the story helps, if it helps other people and gives people that space to, I suppose, just think about what's going on for them and that maybe they do need a bit of support or maybe their own life journey can help other people. I'm more than happy to do it. So thank you very much for, for having me as a guest. I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. No problem. Thanks so much. And just before you go, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. And also I'm running a, a perimenopause masterclass. This might interest you or any of your ladies on the 27th of July at half seven. It's a brand new one. And looking at, you know, just different ways to help you feel like you again, because sometimes when you hear all these symptoms are just normal and you're meant to be going through them, they're not. You can do something about them. So please join me on that masterclass on the 27th. Okay, Catherine, thank you so much. You've been fantastic. Thank you, Lucy. Take care.